Okay, welcome to Thingish. I am here today with Becky Parker Geist, and she is the owner, the founder, and actually you can tell us your title, but um, Pro Audio Voices is the name of the company. They are a um, full-service audiobook um, production company, and I'm so excited to talk to Becky. Becky um, was in the reason that I went with Pro Audio Voices for my audiobook, and so many authors that I talked to have questions about audiobooks, so I thought it'd be super helpful to kind of just um, dig down into the weeds um, about audiobooks, spe and specifically the company that I chose, which is Pro Audio Voices. Um, Becky, what would you what would you call your what would you call yourself? As ter yeah, so technically, I'm the founder and CEO. Okay, and um, yeah, it's a, it's okay. a wonderful team of people I work with. Yeah, yes, I agree. My experience was very positive. Um, okay, so just to go back to kind of the basics with audiobooks i was wondering if you could um tell us your opinion on why people should have audiobooks like for example the the press that i that i use was she writes press they don't they don't do audiobooks currently mm -hmm. and um and so i was looking for a way to create an audiobook cuz i thought it was an important part of the market that i did not want to miss um but can you yeah. tell us why do you think yeah, people should yeah, choose Yeah, definitely. So you're right um, in terms of not wanting to miss a part of your market. And increasingly what we're, what we're hearing and what the, all the, the surveys and trends are showing is that there is a growing number of people that really only do audio when it comes to books, you know, and it's, it's not a bad thing. You know, it's um, in fact, they... Uh, many times we'll hear that the reason that they want to do that is because they want to read more books, they want to consume more content, and the only way to really be able to do that is with audio, because mm -hmm. with audio, you know, you can, you can be, um, you can close your eyes and relax, you know, if that's what you need to do in your day, you can be doing something manual and menial that doesn't require your attention. So there's a lot of times when we you can't be washing the dishes and easily reading a book, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. Um, but and, it wasn't pretty. Some broken dishes were involved. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, very soggy pages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, it is a growing trend. And audiobooks are still the fastest growing format in the publishing world. So what, what that means is basically for your book is that if you don't have it in audio, you're missing out on that large and growing chunk of audience that is only going to be looking for it in audio. Yeah, I, um, I will say all the book clubs that I did, um, every book club, there were several people, and I would honestly think it would be about 30% of the people that had listened to my book um, and not, you know, read it as an ebook or as a paperback. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big fan of paperbacks, but I'm listening to audiobooks too. And just um, to just pull back the curtain a little bit, my husband did not read my book until it was available in audio. <laughs> he listened to it. Amazing. He has just gone totally away from reading. Um, yeah. But he does a lot of listening, so yeah. he's still learning, fortunately. And, but yeah. And I know we'll probably talk about this more a little bit later, but I just want to touch on this as well, is that now, since we launched Amplify Audiobooks, what that means also 
for authors is that your audiobook edition can be the most significantly uh, the most profitable format for you. Yeah. So um, that wasn't always true, but yeah. it is true now. Um, and so we can jump into that later, yeah, but I just that, wanted yes. to mention. I, another, I definitely want to touch on it. Um, yeah. Another great reason why getting it into audio, because then, you know, you have a much more potential for getting a return on your investment overall. Yeah. You get a bigger chunk. Yeah. Um, of this, of the sale price that you can set yourself. Right. Um, okay. So tell us now, let's say somebody has chosen to, to create an audiobook or, or have, have that option available. Why would they choose pro audio voices over over ACX or any of the other kind of larger like Amazon owned corporate entities to to create their audiobook? Yeah, so uh, ACX is extremely limiting and uh, also they're very greedy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one is surprised. No right. one's disagreeing. <laughs> what that means then for you is if you go through ACX, it means that your your audiobook will only be available on Audible and iTunes. So all of the the also growing segment of your audience that is trying to not buy things through Amazon, recognizing yeah. them for the monopoly that they are. Yes. Those people also are never going to see your book if you're if those are the only places that you're going that it's published. So, you really I advise a broad distribution. You get it out into as many platforms as you can, and so we use a digital distributor that does that, gets it out to over fifty channels, including libraries, and that's a you know that can be a big part of somebody's listening market, and you do get paid for those. You mm -hmm. just get paid in a different model. Do you get but, paid? So really quick, mm -hmm. do you get paid when when it's downloaded every time or just download it once it enters into the library system? My understanding is that you get paid uh, for each time somebody borrows it. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure cool. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So I so, think... Uh, I think I was, I don't think I finished answering your question. Though, okay, so okay, I realized because, okay, why, uh, why not ACX? You know, why go with a, a company like Pro Audio Voices? So also there's the, the big question of control. Like, yes. are you as an author going to be able to retain control over your own product, your own book, you know, your mm -hmm, baby, mm -hmm. right? We spend years writing these books and to then turn it over and have no control it just feels wrong. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So with Pro Audio Voices, we have, I mean, collaboration is one of our core values. It's, we believe that we are, we're teaming up with you to create what is going to be the very best listener experience and the best overall experience for our clients. So that to us means, you know, that you have a say in all the different elements of the audiobook process it doesn't mean that you're burdened with them you know we're not like saying oh well you have to do all these things it's more about we provide guidance we provide the uh all the tools and then but but you're you're in on that process so you're really getting the best of of both worlds right yeah so you're so how you're set up in my experience was 
I initially met you. And then once I decided to use Pro Audio Voices, I was assigned a project manager. Right. This is very similar to She Writes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my project manager was wonderful. And I had a great experience with her. Anytime I had a question, she was really responsive and quick and helpful and um, did a very thorough job. So I was really pleased with with that. Yeah, we do. Um, it is something that we hear from other people who have worked with other audiobook production companies. Some of the frustrations that are out there are like not having any say or or much control in the process. And then also responsiveness is a big thing. You know, there I'm so surprised, but there are companies out there that once you're a client, you can email them, call them, whatever. You, you don't get a response. But our team is very responsive. We really do feel like we're partners. We're, we, we work with, the, with authors and publishers that we feel are in alignment with us. So that's not everybody. We're not trying to work with everyone. We're trying to work with people that we're a good fit for and that they're a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that we can have the, the best results, the best experience for everyone and make a, a really positive difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. I think a lot of people always want to know about that choosing the, the part of the process that is choosing the narrator. Yeah. Um, can you tell us how, how that works? Yeah. You? Yeah. I'll tell you the, the way that we manage that. Um, so we, um, unlike some companies will just have like a, like ACX, for example, you have to go try and hunt through or post an audition and then, you know, sift through whoever responds. But, um, we have an, our casting director meets with the author, is gathers information about what their what they would like for their voice. It might be an age range. It might have to do with the quality of the voice. It might have to do with an accent. You know, there's all kinds of different things that it could relate to, and then, um, and then we'll send out a casting call using material from the the author's text, so that. Then uh, when those auditions come in, the casting director will vet the auditions that have come in based on the criteria that were laid out in the beginning and then deliver typically somewhere between five and 10 voices as her top recommendations from the group. That doesn't mean the others aren't accessible to you. They are, but it really helps, I think, to have somebody who is experienced with that you know, has developed that skill for casting because mm-hmm. it is a skill. You know, we've had Definitely. we've had authors come to us after casting their project outside and then bringing us their narrator. And I, I think maybe once it worked out, but a lot of times, it, you know, it just was a mistake and we end up recasting and it costs a lot of time and money and that doesn't need to happen, you know. So it's a great process. And then you know, once your narrator is selected, then you can move into, you know, ready to move into production. Uh, there's also a whole manuscript preparation part that we focus on as well. We feel like it's there's tremendous value in that pre-production process. And then also we work with authors who would like to narrate their own. Yes. Okay, wait, I want to ask you about that, but really quick, I want to say, um, 
because I know a lot of people that like to narrate their own work, especially memoir writers. Mm -hmm. But before we go there, I have yeah. to say that I, when I worked with you, I wanted an author, you know, um, uh, or sorry, I wanted a narrator that was middle-aged from the Southwestern United States, you know, accent wise, mm -hmm. but also spoke Mandarin as a Mandarin speaker, like a as a native Mandarin speaker, Mandarin level Mandarin, and could also speak bad Mandarin, like without native level competency, because <laughs> because um, in my book, there are it's set in China with Americans and there are native speakers and non-native speakers. And I was like, OK, you know, and also an Australian accent because there were some Australians in there. So, you know, good luck with that. And I really was surprised to see such I mean, I got like probably eight really good options. I was yeah. so surprised. I could, And so then I provided um, an excerpt from the book that I thought was the uh, the best um, place to signify if their work was their voice was going to work or not. Right. Yeah. And um, and I was just surprised that I I felt like, oh, gosh, I could go with two, three or six and yeah. I would be happy with any of them. And then yeah. and then, you know, I think I I don't remember this part, but I think I said uh, these are the ones I like. And then and then it was up to you guys to kind of negotiate how that was going to work and, you know, if it would yeah. actually come together. But um. I just wanted to say that my, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. very specific and I couldn't believe that there were people that would fit my description. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us about the, about narrating your own audiobook now. Too. Yeah. So I always, uh, when somebody comes to us and says, uh, I'd like to narrate my own, I always want to just dig in a little deeper and make sure that that's actually true or whether it's a question of everybody in my life told me that I should do it or it's a memoir and therefore I assume I should do it, you know, but it's not something That's I really want point. to do. And there, there's a huge difference between being somebody who is excited about doing the process and it, there's a lot to it. It's not a simple thing. Yes. Right. And, uh, and, and the difference between somebody who's like, feels like they need to, but doesn't really want to, mm -hmm. because here, the truth is that when we, as listeners, listen to a memoir, we'll hear who it's narrated by, and then we let it go. We hear it as the author's voice. Yes. So unless you have a famous voice, you know, if you're Barack Obama, for example, you know. You should read your book if you're Barack Obama. Yeah, he should, you know, and he does, <laughs> yeah. right? Because <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, right, because we all know his voice. There's only one. Yeah, yeah but, you know, for most of us who are authors, um, people don't know our our voices in that same way, right? And so you don't have to feel like it's a requirement. It's not. So when we have somebody that wants to, we're going to talk to them about the technical things that they're going to have to figure out how to do. And we, we do provide a home studio consultant, so it's not like you're on your own. Yeah. We're providing all the support that you need. But there are many people who just feel like, you know, if you're tech challenged with your Google tabs, recording your own audiobook is not going to be not a good gonna... choice for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, okay. So I was referred to you by Rachel Mitchellberg yeah. and she is a, she writes author also, and who'd mm -hmm. written a memoir and she was a trained 
I think she's an opera singer. I mean, she's like, she's an actress. She does it right. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing, she's amazing. Her book is amazing. Yeah. And, um, and she read her own and that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I never wanted Go yeah. Ahead. And she sent us a, a sample because I said, you know, let's let's listen to your storytelling quality because we otherwise we're just making assumptions and that's not yes. a, a good thing. So we we listened to the both the audio quality and her storytelling quality. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. You should yeah. you are gonna be great for your own book. Um, that's not always the case. And you know, it's a it's a whole set of skills. Narrators, professional narrators, they spend years training and working at it and developing those skills. So assuming that just because it's your story means it needs to be told in your voice is a false assumption. And, I, you know, hopefully one that is freeing to people. So yes. Just, yeah. Instead of approaching it with dread, they can approach it with like, okay, I'm letting it go and I'm yeah. going to enjoy hearing my story in someone else's voice who's been trained to tell it. Right, right. Okay. Because listeners, I mean, we are very sensitive beings as humans, you know, and we we will sense that. If you are not enjoying the process, your listener may stop listening, you know, and you don't want yeah. that to happen. You've Actually, that's to... an interesting point because you, will, I would wonder... You know, on Tuesday, I might feel like a million bucks. But when I read chapter six on Wednesday, you know, after I've just slipped in the mud or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to sound like the same happy go lucky Tuesday person. Right. And that's yeah. where some of that training comes in is, you know, when we enter the booth, we are stepping out of our own world and we're putting ourselves right in the shoes of the author, you know, and being we're we're stepping into that. And the other thing too, for many memoirs, many memoirs include some really challenging, emotional, you know, sometimes abusive or yeah. violent times. And the author may not want to live, go through that again. Mm -hmm. You know, they mm -hmm. have certainly with their writing, but they may not want to go through it as the narrator. And that's mm -hmm. very understandable. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that whereas an sense. actor can can treat it with the same as as great actors do. You know, you you feel like you're there, mm -hmm. but you don't have you're not um, you're not getting triggered in that same way that is going to mm -hmm. like drag you down into back into something. You know, we we yes. go through it and then we are able to let go of it because it is, you know, we could step back into our, our regular selves. Yeah. The writing will still bring the emotionality. Absolutely. So your reader is still captured or listener yeah. reader slash listener is still captured because of the strength of the writing. Right. And, um, and the narrator will hopefully kind of fade into the, you're not even kind of aware that you're listening. Yeah. Um, because you're just so wrapped up in the story. I mean, that just happened to me this morning on my walk. I was wiping a tear in the sad part of heaven and earth grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are several sad parts, but that <laughs> I mean, one of them. Uh, okay. Um, I wanted to talk about choosing the date of publication for an audiobook 
do you put a lot of weight on I okay I personally I wanted my audiobook to come out on my on the publication date of my written book right uh, my print book and that worked for me but I know a lot of people choose an audiobook down the road when they hear from their readers that they wish that there was that version available mm-hmm. um so what do you think about about publishing your audiobook after your your print book or yeah. at the same time what is yeah I think that there are two sort of primary strategies and they're they both work fine um having your audiobook available when you are doing a launch for the rest of your formats uh, is especially good if you're planning on just doing this one big push and then you're not going to focus much on marketing after that you know so but if you are in it for the long game as we encourage authors to be because it is a long game it sure um, is. then what the later release or frankly the earlier release of the audiobook can do is create another opportunity to reach out to your audience hey now it's available on amplify audiobooks you know and then maybe a couple months later hey it's available on your on all the other platforms your favorite audiobook retailer these are then you know it's news so you can share it in a way that is not um that doesn't just feel like you're repeating something you already told us yeah so it's a another piece of strong content that you can make a splash with right um if you're so what do you in your experience, what's the latest somebody has created an an audiobook after a print book? Actually, many years. Really? After. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that would make sense. Yeah, we've yeah. done several that were, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago. You know, it's a great way to relaunch a book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a format that a lot of people are at picking up. Yeah. And then, okay. you know, if you're launching for the first time, uh, whether you're whether it's coordinated with your other formats or not, either way, I do recommend that you launch on Amplify audiobooks as your first audiobook platform. Yeah, you just mentioned that. And I think that's interesting. We can we can move over to the Amplify talk now. So but just to be clear, so Pro Audio Voices allows you to to be on any platform with your audiobook. Right. But Pro Audio Voices also offers this amazing platform called Amplify. And tell us about that. Yes, this is something that, uh, and just to give you a little preface, is I've been president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association for about 10 years now and have been in the organization serving on the board, et cetera, before that. So I have a real understanding of what uh, we indie authors, and I'm also an author myself, we indie authors are facing in the in this realm, you know, in this indie publishing realm. And as an audiobook producer, from we just celebrated our 10th year as Pro Audio Voices. Nice. Uh, I, I know the problems with the kind of the distribution, I'll say, the distribution part of our industry, because there has been up until now, up, up until we launched this, you were pretty much had no control and 
really crappy royalty rates. Yes. Yeah. That's With ACX, been... if people are listening, because you get paid per page, right? Even, I mean, not just with ebooks, but also with audiobooks, isn't it? Like per. I think it how, is. I think it's still per sale, unless they've, unless they've changed something again. But even okay. so, they're paying. If you're doing non-exclusive, which you absolutely should be doing, because exclusivity is not your friend, um, they're going to pay you twenty five percent of the net, of the net, not the gross. So the gross is what somebody pays, and the net is they've taken out what they consider their expenses, etc. Okay, so that means if you sell a book on Audible, you could get anywhere from zero if they decide to give it away as a teaser to subscribe. Which you don't have control over. You don't have control over it. Or they, you know, they, they're going to decide what they sell it for. And, and they're going to tell you what that, they're going to tell you what that net is. Um, but it's, uh, it's so limiting and, and so frustrating. So, um, uh, so for years, I have wanted to have this solution that we just launched last year officially, and that is to have our own app, Amplify Audiobooks app. It's available in both um, app stores, and it's just like the Audible app. You know, you can listen to your audiobooks that way. But here's the thing. For the authors is you have way higher royalties from every sale and you get to control the pricing you can do promotional pricing on a on a schedule you can do discount codes of whatever kind you know a dollar amount or a percentage amount you and the other really big thing is you actually get to know who bought your audiobook so the retailers oh, so you are, can capture their information for, yeah for and they are system. as part of the terms and conditions they are opting in to be contacted by you as the author okay so you could add them to your mailing list or exactly okay exactly. nice so you know you always want to have an unsubscribe option for people yes. you know that's just standard stuff but but you're never going to get that information from any of the retailers because it's really valuable and they know how valuable it is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the most valuable piece, right? But on Amplify Audiobooks, it's sort of like the Etsy of audiobooks. You have your own store, your own vendor store, and you get to control your, your pricing and, and everything. Um, so, and you get 65% of the gross price that you set. So if you sell a book for $10, you're going to get $6.50. And you're not going to have to wait until, you know, those, if it sells at the beginning of the month on Audible, you're not going to see that for probably about almost ever. eight weeks. You're ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it's below the threshold that they set, then it's going to be even longer before you see anything from it. Right. But on, on Amplify Audiobooks, you get paid weekly and you get paid, um, uh, so you get, you get paid and there's no threshold. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you are like, you can, and you can go into your vendor dashboard at any time and see who your customers are, what sales are happening. You could run a promotion and, and really track their reports. You can actually see what's going on. So you're really put in the driver's seat. So even if you put your, I'm just playing this out. If you put your book on your platform for $5, you'd probably make more from selling a $5 book on Amplify than you would for selling a full-priced book 
on on Audible. Yes. Okay. Yes. That is absolutely true. I did this okay. little thing. Yeah, I Ouch. did this. I <laughs> I know. I asked. Know. I asked the digital distributor. I said, "Well, uh, give me give me some numbers on if if an audiobook sells at fourteen ninety five, at you know." And I did a couple of just a few of the top platforms, including Audible. All right, if it sells on Audible, what do they earn? What does the author earn? And it was like, if somebody bought it as an additional one, which means they didn't give me like if a subscriber buys it on a credit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know that if the subscriber buys it on a credit, it's even lower. So yeah. it was like two dollars and sixty cents from a fourteen ninety five book, and on Amplify it would be nine dollars and seventy two cents. Now that's per sale, so that seven dollars and probably ten plus ten cents plus for every sale that's going to add up quickly and our intention is not only to give authors the kind of control that they deserve but also to make it a reasonable thing to be able to recoup your investment in your yeah. audiobook and your your publishing in general because it's expensive we know that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well this has been enlightening and informative is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to add? You know, I could, uh, I could talk about audiobooks, uh, uh, yeah, for hours and hours. But um, I guess what I will share is that if you have, if your listeners have specific questions, I am currently doing free audiobook Q and A forums, and you just go oh, to our website, and you can just go to proaudiovoices.com. Yep, it's okay. on our homepage. You can just register and uh and join me bring your questions you can also email questions in and if you're registered i'll answer them on that call and you'll get the recording oh that's really good okay um and then i wanted to add also that you do have we do have a, a code a promo code that if you i'm going to put it in my Substack. But if you um, if you use that promo code, you can get a discount off of the Amplify marketing service. And if you mention Thingish when you're talking to Becky, you'll get a discount on the whole creation of the audiobook. Right, Becky? Is that is that yeah. did I say that correctly? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just I think if it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, and then you see how you go. But I, like I said, I had a great experience. I loved um, working with everyone. And I, oh, I wanted to mention one other thing. I, I remember, so, you know, uh, basically they, you, the narrator records and then sends it back and then your project manager will listen to it and then pick out and, and also uh, the author listens to it, um, right. several times to make sure that everything is pronounced correctly and that you like where she's pausing and everything. But the, but the, um, the project manager is listening and hearing everything that I could not hear. I mean, and I'm, you can see the notes that they put. And it was like, I heard a drawer closing, you know, <laughs> in minute 32 point, like with 47 seconds, there was, a, and I'm like, okay, I did not hear that, but wow, the ears on, on your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on your project managers. I was so impressed. So yeah. um, anyway, like I said, it was a very positive experience. So wow, thank um, thanks yeah, so much for for coming yeah. on and telling us all about it. Yeah, and also just uh, one last little thing, sorry, but yeah, if yeah. Uh, if anyone, you know, has, they're in that point, at that point where they 
are ready to have a discussion about their own project, we do free discovery calls where we, we can, you know, dig into that a little bit and give you some more information about your own specific project because they're all unique. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Lindsay, for yeah, thanks having me for, on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye.